Welcome to Creating Synergy, where we explore what it takes to transform. We are powered by Synergy IQ. Our mission is to help leaders create world-class businesses where people are safe, valued, inspired, and fulfilled. We can only do this with our amazing community. So thank you for listening. So welcome back to the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco, your host today. And today we have the remarkable human being, (laughs) Michelle T. Holland. (laughs) Yes, I'm the T today because I didn't talk about my book. (laughs) Michelle T. Holland, uh, Director of Synergy IQ, Founder of Synergy IQ, Thank you for uh, coming back, Michelle. This is episode, I think we've had you on five or six, if not more, a few times. How can I remember? A few times, a few yes. Times. Yes. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me back. Yes, thanks. It's always a pleasure. You've, uh, you've just been off on holidays, much to my distress <laughs> um, <laughs> as a co-director of this business and you're my business partner. Uh, we, do, we do encourage uh reflection time and time to get away and really spend in your own thoughts and 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 and, and repair the the neurons that are floating around in the brain <laughs> you spend that time away actually putting doing more work yeah. and what i call it work you call it um uh, flow flow yeah, yeah. this is my happy space <laughs> so you've written your fourth book yeah Imperfect leadership. I really, when you told me that you went away and you've written this book and you've smashed it out in these couple of weeks, and and I know you've been working on it a while, but you finalized it all. The the word imperfect leadership is is something that you and I talk about quite a fair bit. Mm. Can we have a, you know, let's deep dive a little bit into that Mm. topic alone because it is something that we talk about with our clients and leaders and and friends and family and everyone about what yeah. it actually means to be a leader and, yeah. and how we can be imperfect at it. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to do that. I'll just touch on first uh, one of my observations. And uh, so every time I've said to men that I'm taking a two-week break and the majority of that break is to have some focus time by myself, I'm taking myself away by myself to be able to focus to be able to create, to be able to write, they say, oh, have a, have a nice holiday. I'm like, not a holiday. When I say it to women, I say the same thing to women, they go, oh, my God, it would be so amazing if I could take the time for myself to actually think, to reflect, to dive in, to be creative. Wouldn't that just be an amazing thing to do? And I just, uh, that observation of the differences between the genders is just like, you know, screams Mm. at me because part of this whole process of being an authentic leader, because that's what it's all about, the book is called Imperfect Leadership um, because we want people to be able to be as authentic as possible. Um, I want people to be able to take time out for their selves, to be able to give their brains a break so they can be more productive and more creative. But until we get to a point where we're releasing perfection from our lives and releasing our egos, uh, we're never going to actually get there. It's always going to be, oh, you know, oh, yeah, you're going off on holiday or you're going off on doing this or, oh, my God, I can't believe you're being there by yourself or, oh, I can't do that. 
you know, it's always that I, I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, the world still turned for those two weeks when I was not there. Mm. Even Synergy IQ still turned. It was two weeks as I've now found out 15 years in Synergy <laughs> IQ time, but that's okay, right? So it, the world turned when I was taking this time to be able to be creative. And, yeah, I was way more productive in that time as well as far as being able to create and be able to um, release into the world the thinking and the the research and the the experiences that I've had over the last couple of years in this place of authentic leadership. So I think that was that's just a really important thing to note with um, with our you know need to be whoever we think we need to be. Thank yeah, you. there's a lot going on in my head when you talk about just getting <laughs> away and and switching off. There, I think you're right in saying that. Um, that that men would probably see it as a holiday. It's an opportunity to get away. Maybe it's a language barrier there, but <laughs> the the idea of you know, if you read, there's so many books, and I'm you know we read a lot, right? Yeah. There's there's books like Deep Work and all these sort of things where actually finding the time to be creative is such an important yeah. Um, and, and and almost recharging the batteries yeah. in a sense, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were, years ago I read an article and I haven't been able to find it since. It was based on some research. So if anybody out there can help me find that article, it would be awesome. But it was years and years and years ago, so maybe 10 years ago I read this, and they did a study on uh, answering emails hmm. in the morning. So the majority of people, they'll walk into their office, they open up Outlook and they'll answer their emails in the morning. What they actually discovered was that had the same impact of, on productivity as sitting smoking a joint. Mm. So walking into your office and doing your emails first has the same impact on your creativity and productivity as sitting in your office smoking a joint. All right. So it's a really interesting thing to be thinking about. So I think from that moment on, I was very much, I need to do this differently. If mm. I'm going to be able to make an impact in the world, yeah. then my impact is not about answering emails. My impact is not about uh, sitting in meetings. My impact is not about, um, you know, having five-minute conversations with everybody that I meet because then that takes up my whole day. That's not how I'm going to be able to make an impact which meant that I had to start on a journey where I was doing things that was seen as being weird. I was <laughs> doing things that was not the norm. Mm. I, was, I had to accept that people saw me as a, a different kind of worker or leader or whatever. Um, that was the start of my authenticity journey, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember being in an organisation uh, years and years ago, and this is probably where the, the experience and the research started for me as far as the culmination of this book finally, is I would sit there and everybody was almost competing with each other about how exhausted they were. Hmm. They were competing with each other about who sent an email latest at night you know mm. I sent my email at 12 midnight while well, I was up till one sending emails mm, yeah. and I'm like is that really what mm. you want to be known for like that was going through my head at the time really is that what you want to be known for that one you can't get your job done during the day mm. you're not prioritizing your your health your rest yourself your family over emails mm. like really is that what you want to be known for 
Uh, and I know for myself personally, I said, that's not what I want to be known for. I want to be known for making an impact. I want to be known for making a difference. I want to be known for having a opinion, having um, some thinking that sits behind things. I do want to be known for being a bit weird and I'm okay with that. Hence, I want to be an imperfect leader. Mm. Like I really want to be an imperfect leader. So I'm happy to be a bit weird. Yeah, there are some, there's some definite boundaries in regards to what is considered, you know, you got to be the first to leave, first to be in and last to leave and, yeah. you know, very, everything's very time bound. You gotta, yeah. You're going to be in meetings all day, um, yeah. you know, the these sort of stereotypes of what it mm. means to be a leader. You're, yeah. you're definitely um, going outside of the box and, and being your own, uh, your own style, yeah. which is, you know, thank you for, for doing that and showing me the way. Um, in that sense as well. It, it, it is funny though when you talk about smoking a joint, <laughs> like the effect essentially what went through put, my put, head. Put a warning on is, this one. Yeah, <laughs> well, what went through my head was, you know, if um, you know, if that is if that is an effect, then as as a as a business, do you need to consider your people's actions, right? Absolutely. And what they 100%. do from especially from a productivity point of view. Because mm-hmm. I've read also another book, Why We Sleep by Matt Walker, and mm. it talks about if you've had less than five hours sleep. Oh, you know, yeah. if you're talking emails at one, two o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning and getting up at six, is is this, is equivalent having four to five hours sleep is equivalent mm. as being drunk, right? Absolutely, so, it is. Uh, yeah. we, do we as 100%. leaders need to be considerate of that when our people are coming into Absolutely. work and their productivity and all yeah. that sort of stuff? So, um, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I think where I got to with this and where I started going, oh, there's I've got to be I've got to write this stuff down and get this into a book was a number of years ago. I was doing a lot of coaching with leaders, like a lot of coaching at at one point. And I was working with um, people who I would say were good managers. Like they were good managers and good leaders. Yeah, they weren't, you know, what you would go, would you write books about potentially, right? But I'm like, they're actually really good leaders. And what I was experiencing with them was they were burning themselves out. They were criticizing themselves for not being the version of great leader that they had in their head. And I was finding this was a common occurrence across um, like all genders. It wasn't just one gender. It was all genders. It was happening old cultures, it was happening. It didn't matter who I was talking about. It was the same thing. They're all Australian-based people, so it might be part of the Australian culture. But there was definitely what Dr. Brene Brown would call hustling for their worth. You know, there was this constant hustle for my worth. And I was, I was, um, I was challenged by this myself because I saw myself in the same pattern you know, I saw myself in the same pattern and getting burnt out on a regular basis, trying to trying to be this thing that I'd created in my mind. And what I discovered with um, the leaders that I was coaching and myself is that there was this caricature of leader that it, we'd created in our mind. Mm. And it comes from all of the different, you know, there's TED Talks, there's websites, there's expectations, there's you know, if you write on a board all the things that people expect from their leader, like on a whiteboard, you fill it up and have to flip it around. Mm. There's a massive amount of expectation on leaders and there's almost this thinking that, okay, now I've gotten into this position and I've got people reporting to me, I have to know all the answers. I have to be this superhero 
that knows everything, does everything, fixes everything, is there for everyone, is, you know, compassionate and empathetic while being like a, a, a doer and getting every achievement over the, you know, being strategic at the same time and making sure that I'm the best, you know, all of that sort of stuff. I bring my team together. I'm creating my culture. I'm, you know, there's all of this stuff and you just can go like a layer and layer and layer and layer and layer and layer. And I was just seeing these really good people these really good humans burning themselves out because they were trying to achieve something that for me was a vision of perfection that's just unachievable. Mm. So I think with with the book, um, my purpose of writing the book is an invitation to these really good leaders and managers that sometimes enough is enough. Mm. Sometimes enough actually is enough. And you can be your own kind of leader. Like you can create it for yourself. You can be an authentic leader. And through the experience, through the the, the research that I've been doing as well, and, and obviously I've been I'm accredited in Dr. Brene Brown's work, so her, uh, her work has been a big influence for me in this space of imperfection. Gathering all of that as well as all of the the work around uh, burnout, all the work around uh, the research and the work around rest and sleep and how we need to be whole humans and how we actually need to be turning up into the world. You know, there's many places around um, that are moving to like four-hour work weeks and Mm. and whatnot because they're actually recognising that people are less productive when they're not taking care of themselves. Mm. You know, self-care is a really big part of um, being an authentic leader, being able to think differently and having time to think yeah. is a huge part of being an authentic leader. Oh, so, so many different thoughts. And I, <laughs> Anyone that's listening to this that is in a leadership position is probably their head's going a million miles with a thousand mm. questions. Look, you know, being a leader that wants to do the most and be the best that he, that he or she can be, mm-hmm. um, that serves others. Mm-hmm. Right? There's so much to do. Yep. There's so much to do as yep. a leader, and I'm I'm speaking from on behalf of what I think is the best leaders mm-hmm. that they want to do as much as they can. Mm. Um, and they want to achieve not only for themselves but for the people that they serve mm. yep. um, as much as they can. Yeah. How do you how do you manage how do you manage the high achievement mm-hmm. with the ability to wanting to give and serve mm. to then pull back on that yeah. and and stop yourself from burning out? Because mm. it, it's like those whole worlds, they intertwine. Yes, they do. And the reality is the people who actually get burnt out are the ones that are not resting, then the ones that are not taking care of themselves, the ones that don't have boundaries. So when I say self-care, I'm talking mostly around boundaries okay. is self-care. Um, you can achieve amazing things when you actually take care of this instrument, this Hmm. human body instrument. This vessel. This vessel um, because it's if you're not taking care of your brain and your body, you're not going to achieve anyway. You Hmm. might have a very long task list and you're ticking off your tasks, 
Mm. Right? You might um, answer all your emails. You might even, you know, get a couple of projects over the line that seem like they're big projects. But I would really question about the meaning that sits behind it, the actual outcome, like the bigger picture, the bigger purpose Mm. of that. So a lot of the people that I see that are um, what they call achievement focused are actually task focused. They're not achievement focused. So achievement focused means I'm working towards an outcome, like the end result is the important part. Task focus means the input is the important part. So I'm like tick, 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 and that's the important bit. Um, And when I see that is there's not enough questioning around that. There's not enough um, questioning of self, I mean, Mm. around that. Why am I actually feeling the need to tick off this really long task list and am I actually achieving anything? Like what am I actually achieving here? So I've got four key components that I believe are important for authentic leadership mm-hmm. um, because for me, I'm a very pragmatic person, like very, very pragmatic. So when well, I, I hadn't s- noticed. That. Yeah, really. <laughs> so for me to be able to rest um, and you know, and I, I think I may have t- talked about this on, the, on the, this podcast or another podcast, mm. I had quite a significant burnout at the end of 2019. So my physical health and my mental health was um, in not a good place. Yeah. At, not a good place I at all. I remember the phone call after a workshop you ran. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that phone call. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, so I don't remember that phone call. So I had brain fog and all sorts of things. I thought I was having a heart attack. Yeah, you weren't in a good space. getting Alzheimer's and all sorts of stuff. So I was in a really, really bad place. So from there I had to learn about what was real for me and what wasn't. So I started researching into rest and sleep and there's some really great – I listened to a podcast by Joe Rogan um, and I can't remember the guy's name, but we'll put it in the Is show it notes. Matthew Walker. Why, it might have been Matthew Walker. He yeah. wrote the book Why We Sleep. And yeah. it scared the living yeah. crap out of me. Yeah. Like yeah. when I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. that is horrific, right? I'd already, a, is it was about sleep. It was about sleep. It's a Matthew Walker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because um, uh, I'd already read uh, Adriana Huffington's book Thrive, yeah. which was very much about her journey through mm-hmm. this process and she um, she essentially woke up on her office uh, floor hmm. uh, surrounded by a pool of her own blood oh. because she'd passed out from exhaustion, hit her head on her on the corner of her table and then woke up in a pool of her own blood and went, uh, clearly this isn't working for me. That's, I need to do yeah. something different. So she again There's started. There's a sign if you ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a sign. So she started researching. So I read that book years ago. But being able to capture that um, information research for me, because I am very achievement oriented. I've always been extraordinarily ambitious. Um, I'm one of those people that people always go, I don't know how you fit all that stuff in. And I'm like, I don't either, but <laughs> but I just kind of do. Um, so I'm extraordinarily achievement oriented. But I think where I was in my younger years, I was more task oriented because mm. I wanted to get shit done. That's really what it was all about. So when I looked at authentic leadership and from more of a holistic point of view, it wasn't just about having time to sleep, having time to rest. It wasn't just about self-care. It was, well, I got to do that stuff so that I can fill my own cup. 
up. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in metaphors quite a lot. And the metaphor I often think is if I've got a glass of water and my glass of water is completely empty Mm. and you come to me because I want to serve, you come to me and you're thirsty, I can't help you. Whereas if I keep this cup even half full, that if you come to me and you're thirsty, I can actually serve and help, right? So I'm no good to anybody if I don't take care of myself. So, and I did that through research, right? Because I'm a pragmatist. So I need to have real stuff to to pin it on. I can't just be told, yeah, just go off and sleep and you're going to be great. Um, I had to put a lot of time and effort and energy into that and recalibrate a lot of my my bad habits around that stuff. But there's four key elements. What are those four? Four key elements is be purposeful. Be right? purposeful. Yep. Be effective. Be effective. Yep. yep. Be pragmatic. Be pragmatic. And be human. Ooh, be human. Yeah, be human. And I toyed with these quite a lot and they're the ones that I landed on as me- being the most meaningful for being able to be authentic and releasing imperfection. Um, one of the things I ended up, you know, my curiosity journey took me to Japan. Yeah. And my one of the their uh, principles in Japan is actually called wabi-sobi. I don't know if you've heard of wabi-sobi. Is wasabi? No, wasabi, <laughs> wabi-sobi. So it's actually spelled okay. W-A-B-I. Actually, it's spelled in English, yeah. obviously. It's spelled in sort of English letters, uh, okay. W-A-B-I. S-A-B-I, but okay. it said wabi-sabi. And wabi-sabi is the concept or the principle about embracing imperfection. Okay. Most people have an understanding or they've come across the art of kintsugi. Ah, uh, kintsugi. Yes. yes. And kintsugi is uh, where, you know, pottery has been broken mm-hmm. and it's been put back together with gold or silver or bronze, right, so a, a metallic And essentially it goes from just being a plain old piece of pottery and then a broken piece of pottery to a beautiful piece of artwork. So as these concepts around actually there is beauty in the broken, there is Mm. beauty in the imperfection, there is um, amazing things to be gained from releasing perfection in our lives and actually embracing imperfection. So I loved that concept because for me, you need to be able to let go of, we need to let go of perfection to enable us to let go of our ego, to enable us to let go of that task list and be more meaningful, to enable us to be authentic. We have to release that stuff from who we are because that's what holds us down. That's where hustling for our worth comes from. That's where exhaustion as a status symbol comes from. That's where, you know, I always have to be right and you can be wrong comes from. I'm going to argue my my opinions, you know, like I say to my kids all the time, you are entitled to your own opinions. You are not entitled to your own facts, mm. right? <laughs> we don't need to be arguing about it's very relevant thing. in today's society. Very, but, very yeah. relevant. Exactly. You are entitled to your own opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts. So, so with um, those principles you know I sort of break it down if you think about being purposeful it really is about keeping your mind on the bigger picture Hmm. right we want to be able to keep what's the end game here what's bigger than me I want to be 
meaningful in what I'm doing. So I want to mean like. It's almost like the Simon Sinek start with why sort of stuff. Have, yeah, have a, yeah, have it a is. purpose. Have before, a purpose. Yeah. That's exactly right. But it's also about attaching what I'm doing to that purpose, right? So it's yeah. not just having the purpose and have it written on the wall or have it written in your diary or whatever, but it's making decisions associated with that. Is, is it connected to the business purpose? Like if we're talking about leadership, right? And you, mm-hmm. you're a leader, you can be a leader in, in all walks of life. Yes, yeah. we work with businesses. So I'm going to go down that world of, of if i want to be purposeful as a leader do i need to connect with the purpose of the business or have i got my own purpose or or is it a hybrid i think both? it's both yeah. yeah you have you have your own purpose so it's the same as you know you have your own values and a yeah. corporation has their own values you have your own purpose they have a purpose slash vision mission statement yeah. or whatever it is when you align to that that's when the magic happens, yeah. right? When your values align to your corporation, that's when the magic happens. If you are in a corporation and you're constantly trying to do for them and it doesn't align with your purpose, then you're not being authentic. Yeah, 100%. No, so, you're just not being authentic. So can we break that down just to into like if the purpose of a business is to do such and such, right, and mm-hmm. we're on board, let's use Tesla, yep. the Elon Musk thing, the purpose of the vision is to – is to spread the humanity far and wide across the galaxy. Me as a leader, what is my purpose within that? Is it my? Is do I look at my purpose as being my purpose is to serve, or my purpose is to give, or is to grow, is to learn? Like what? How does that piece look? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a whole other story about okay. what your individual purpose is. Okay. This is about being purposeful. Okay. So full of purpose. Okay. Right. So it's about making uh, so sure so, so, so filling your cup with the purpose that's required to deliver the result. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it might be that I'm sitting working on a project. I'm a project manager, let's say, and I've got a bunch of people around me. If I'm just looking at the tasks that are getting done, like just like tick, 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 and forgetting about the reason for the implementation of this project. So say I'm making a change that's going to um, impact our customer group and it's going to provide you know better outcomes for them or better communication mechanisms for them, whatever it is. If I lose sight of that purpose, then all I'll be doing is focusing on the input and as soon as I start focusing on the input, then that's when projects go offline. That's mm. when we start to get into arguments about what's right and what's wrong and who's doing the right thing, who's not doing the right thing. And should we just be doing this task or not doing this task? If you're not purposeful in the work that you're doing, then you will absolutely go offline. And you won't be authentic in that as well. It would li- it'll literally just be I'm tapping it in, just tapping it in. You know, happy Gilmore, tapping so, it in. <laughs> I, I, just tap, tap. Why won't just, you go in? Um, the... <laughs> So being purposeful, like this, because this is the big one, right? That's why it's it probably your number one. It, yeah. So it's creating a purpose for the result that you're trying to achieve. It's aligning yourself to the purpose oh, of what right. you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And then keeping communicating your eye, that with your, keeping your eye on the big picture. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and helping your helping you and potentially others align to that purpose as well. That's the yeah. that's part of the. Con- you know, the the critical aspect. Uh, Part of this being purposeful is a having a practice of reflection. We have to have a practice of reflection because otherwise we will get onto that hamster wheel of task. It's this hamster wheel of task. So there's no need to write this down. It's really about being purposeful in my actions rather than being mindless 
yeah, okay. in my actions. Yeah. So that would be the opposite is being mindless. That makes, makes sense. And a lot of times in organizations, we're mindless in the task <laughs> that we're doing. We are. We're very much. So being effective, number two. Being effective is essentially. That's easier said than done. Uh, totally, totally. But this is part of getting shit done, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Explicit warning on the on the podcast. No. Nah. <laughs> it's all good. We've a few fly here and there. So it's you've fine. heard me say many, many times, you know, the, the um, uh, a great culture is about, you know, simply getting shit done and don't be a jerk. Yeah. Right? Don't be a jerk. Get shit done. So this is part of that and being effective. So being effective is about not just, again, ticking off the task list. Being effective is how can I be better today than I was yesterday? Yeah. How can I be better again tomorrow as, a, as an individual? What can I do to strive for excellence? And striving for excellence is very different than perfectionism. Mm. All right. So quite often. How can I be the best at what I'm doing? How can I be the best at what I'm doing? What do I need to learn to do that? Mm. What, what do I need to question to do that? What do I need to challenge in myself How do to I do manage that? my time? How do, do I manage yeah. my time to do that? That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. That's How hard. do I add value? Yeah. Like what value am I actually adding here? Mm. And I think that is a critical question all leaders need to ask themselves, um, all people. And when I say leaders, I mean all people, right? Yeah. People are leaders. I have the potential to be leaders. So, so can I just point out that being effective and getting shit done doesn't give you the excuse to treat people like shit though, does it? So I've got four key points yeah. to being authentic. Being human. Leader. Okay, be yeah, human. that's coming later. Yes, right. that's exactly good, right. Good. So there has to be a balance in all of these yeah. things. That's right because if you're just being effective and you're just doing that, then you're maybe being a jerk. Because yeah. yeah. if that's your only Well, are focus, you being effective when you're tearing down relationships? Well, that's exactly that would yeah. be a real challenge. Yeah. I would I would challenge yeah. whether you are yeah. or not. Um, and accountability sits in that as well, holding myself accountable, holding others accountable. Because okay. you cannot be effective without accountability. It's just impossible. So the next one is be pragmatic. So this is kind of my favorite. It's my favorite. It's your buzzword. This is my buzzword. I love it. Resilience and uh, innovation <laughs> and all this stuff. Yours is pragmatic. Mine is pragmatic. And I think that I've gotten here because I um, have tried lots of different things. So explain your version of pragmatic. What's or pragmatic? Your, de yeah, your yeah. definition of pragmatic. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually being real with self. Okay. Right. So being real with self, it's having the uh, the right kind of information, it's being evidence-based mm -hmm. rather than, um, again, I've got the right to my opinion, I don't yeah. have the right to my own facts. Yeah, yeah. I read something on Facebook. Yep. Yep. It's not the right way to go about knowledge yeah. gathering. No, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly right. <laughs> I think it's probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I got there eventually. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. I wouldn't say, um, yeah, Facebook's probably the best research uh, no, tool it's not. around. 100%. Because um, it is full of opinions. Or TikTok or any of those. Yes. Uh, but being pragma pragmatic as well is sometimes as leaders we need to make decisions both for self and for others that aren't going to be possible popular mm. but we actually have to just be pragmatic about making those decisions sometimes we need to be thinking about all right what's the impact on the individual and I need to be thinking about the greater good as well and I know for myself you know 20 odd years in HR and sitting next to lots of managers moving them through a process of you know um, having to say let somebody go from the organization because they're just not able to contribute and they're not adding value 
that's hard for them to do if they're fully into the emotional state of the individual and not keeping their eye on the big picture and not keeping their eye on the greater good because sometimes um, we do need to release people from our teams so that our team can actually perform. And I think we had a conversation yesterday with a a leader um, in an organisation and they said that exactly. They were a bit worried about, you know, letting this person go and they were like, oh, people are going to be watching and what actually is going to happen? They're going to think I'm a really terrible person. And actually the flip opposite happened. The team said, thank you for taking care of that. That's amazing that you actually manage performance here and that you actually hold people accountable and that you did it with such grace Mm. as well because that's the thing is when we have to make decisions um, individual versus the greater good is doing it with compassion and grace yeah. to enable that to happen. That we, you know, it's a test of you and as a leader, it's a test of your culture for how people leave your organization over how they stay. Yeah. Right? That's a big We were pretty part excited about that comment yesterday. Yeah, we were. Yeah. I, I want to ask the question around being pragmatic yeah. and seven habits. Uh, one of the one of the habits in Stephen Covey's books, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is think win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Being pragmatic and mm-hmm. thinking win-win, mm-hmm. can they be done yes, together? Yes, absolutely, yeah. because it is win-win. Yeah. That's the thing. If you're thinking, you can't have win-win without thinking about the greater good. Mm. It's not possible to yeah. do that. Um, so, okay, so it's not win-win for the person and the two people in the room, it's win for the greater good and because the person losing their job that's not a win yet well see i i guess i i read that book very differently because to me the concept of win-win isn't about you having a win and me having a win the concept of win-win is that we've got the best outcome for all yeah that's fair you're right all concerned so for me that's about the greater good that's Mm -hmm. about you know not just pandering to you you're right you know that sort of thing so that's just how i i no. Think about it as that perspective. And it's the way it should have been interpreted, correct? <laughs> That's it. One of the big things in Be Pragmatic as well and across all of these things is about setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. That we actually have to be pragmatic in the way in which we take care of ourselves mm. in this. And uh, quite often I'll talk to leaders and, you know, when we're in uh, leadership programming or coaching or whatever it might be and I'll say to them that you have to be actually okay and get comfortable enough or not even comfortable just okay with the fact that other people won't like your boundaries Mm. they'll get upset by your boundaries that they'll challenge you in your boundaries that they will you know think your boundaries are not right and you actually have to be okay with that to be an authentic leader you actually just have to go if this is a boundary that I need to be the best that I can be it actually doesn't matter that everybody else is upset by it Mm. actually doesn't matter that's hard so none of these things are easy it's not easy to be an authentic leader because it's way easier to be a leader that just kind of goes with the flow or does what everybody else wants Mm. you know because it's much easier to do that but you also get lesser outcomes i love that you live to this Mm. because that's what you do like i I, you, you set boundaries and you set them quite clearly I struggle with them. Being a co-business partner with you, well, early on I struggled with Mm. them, I should say. um, It's like, what do you mean? You're not 
we mean you need time. <laughs> like, what's that yeah. mean? We need to get shit done, right? And I guess that really comes down to... You mean to, I can't call you yeah. at every moment <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. day? What do you mean? That really comes down to my... Uh, probably I need, a, I need to self-reflect if I need you every minute of the day. But it's more... It was really about, I think, breaking habits, mm. about understanding. Totally. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's where if you set boundaries, you know, that maybe a conversation might be, look, we're going to have to change some of our behaviours and yeah. habits that we've got in place. Yeah. It's going to be hard but once we get used to it. And it's just earmarking that it is going to be quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. We teach people how to treat us, yeah. right? Thank you, Dr. Phil. We Absolutely, teach yeah. people how to treat us. So if we are constantly setting boundaries and letting them fail and letting them, you know, yeah. fly away, if you are frustrated because your team keeps booking you at 8.30 in the morning and you're not available until 9 and then you sort of, you know, oh, well, I'll figure it out and I'll just be yeah. there or I'll give in a call Rush or I'm rushing the kid drop off and doing yeah. the thing and, and next time you're like, no, no, I'm not going to be here till 9 and then they book again at 8.30 and you like rush and rush and rush. If you're not holding them accountable for holding your your boundaries, mm. then it's a detriment to yourself. And yeah. it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what? How are you turning well, up that's as a how leader? Resentment starts. And it, that's exactly how resentment. Yeah. Spiral. Totally. So setting boundaries is about connection as well. Mm. So you're able to actually have better relationships when you have better boundaries. Yeah. We, we do it for our kids, like setting Absolutely. boundaries and expectations with our children. Yeah. We know through research that when children have boundaries, they feel safer mm. as well. If they don't have clear boundaries, they don't feel safe. Real life example, <laughs> right? It, and and this is literally a very recent example. I, uh, you have a set boundary in place that I absolutely agree with that you know you, and that you need and, and and you do what you need to do with that in that space. Uh, I dangled a carrot in front of you how I could get you out of that boundary and, and you know, sent you an email with the word optional in there for, for you, Michelle. How do you feel in those moments? How do you feel with someone not, not oversteps the boundary but mm. walks the line that the boundary is created on? Yeah, yeah. Um, so being human, yeah. my initial reaction is, oh, for sake, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Of course, because I'm yeah. human. Yeah. <laughs> um, my action associated is accountability. Yeah. So, and for me, it's, um, you know, in that real life example, I responded with, because this is a very new boundary, I will accept this meeting. Yeah. Um, however, we've talked about this and I will not be accepting anymore from here on in. Yeah. So clear. Clear as kind. Clear as kind. That's exactly right. And so it wasn't, you know, oh, Daniel, for crying out loud, you're just such a jerk doing that to me all the time. You know, <laughs> that's, you know, it, it, there's no I point. I didn't mention any names. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just throw me under yeah, the bus. That's right, throwing you under the bus there. Sorry about that. Sorry. Yes. That jerk that, you know, yeah. goes on nameless. No, well, that's yeah. wrong. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Everyone's like, a jerk. Man. That's exactly right. <laughs> no, but there's no point in doing that. There's no, no point in just being frustrated and not taking action mm. like there's literally no point in it why, yeah. why bother it takes a lot of time and energy and effort to do that um the last one is be human well, I think this love this one yeah this will be your favorite absolutely and the interesting thing is we come to each of these things naturally as well so some are much more natural than others this is probably the one that i struggle with the most 
um, pre- being pragmatic and effective, I've always had, yeah, yeah, no problem being purposeful, no problem at all. Being human is always the one that I'm like, okay, I've got to think about this one. I've got to really connect because it's really about not just seeing myself as human but seeing others as human and connecting on a human-to-human basis. This one's really about how do we establish a culture or a um, environment where people can actually come into it and feel comfortable in it. So there's that um, psychological safety aspect to yeah. it. There's the um, how do I make sure that my the environment that I'm setting up is inclusive for people mm. um, who can come in and challenge me if they need to or be here and be themselves. Mm. So that, that real belonging is really important in this part of it. Um, but also compassion as well and kindness so being able to be kind to others and I can be um this is the one I think for me that I I position myself as much as I can to be kind um except when I'm pressurized so if I'm under a deadline pressure or I haven't been taking care of myself or there's been times and I I get very short Mm. you know you're very short and snappy with people and it's like just get this done yeah here it is i'm done you know give me three words not 17 words yeah uh, because i'm in a place where i just need to do it move yep. yeah but that's because i'm situated more in that be effective yeah yeah than i am in the be human i hope this you got one of my favorite quotes in there the, the human kind be both yeah <laughs> That's a ripper. <laughs> it's a ripper. It's a <laughs> great one. A can ripper. I, I love I, that. It's a very Australian <laughs> thing to say. It is well. <laughs> yeah. Meaning is important here as well. Mm. So we are meaning-making creatures and we want to be able to contribute. That's really part of our basic human need. Yeah. Um, we want to belong to a group, but we also want to contribute to that group. We also want to find meaning in the things that we're doing and we're seeing with the new generation coming into the workplace yeah. that more and more and more and more there's an expectation around meaning so being human really is about i see you as a human you know when i'm it's here. always is it like i'm in what goes through my head is like putting yourself in other people's shoes yeah the empathy is absolutely yeah. a, a human trait yeah uh, it is a skill that's not demonstrated very well with uh, many people but uh, empathy and compassion is essential yeah. for this sort of stuff and the reality is you can't actually hold people accountable without empathy mm. and compassion either mm. right because otherwise you're just telling them off and telling them what yeah. to do and that sort of stuff which is not effective leadership actually i like you because you've, you've said that a few times telling people off what are we kids here we're yeah, all adults right, that's right. People, adults don't get told off that's exactly right we don't use that language just like i'm like i'm being told off no you're not you're not a, you're not a child yeah you're an adult here you've been held accountable mm. So, yeah, just you know, you I'm going like to get that. in trouble. No, you yeah. won't because you're not a child. Yeah. You're an adult. So, yeah, that language is not uh, not utilized. Not effective. It's not effective no. at all. Absolutely. So, so those, that's a kind of a high-level version of what's um, in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so those four key components, but they have to work together as well. And in the book I explore when they're not working together and I've got some little characters as well that uh, – explore as far as if you're just being pragmatic and just being effective or just being um, because that's not what we're talking about here to be an authentic leader to be able to be there for yourself and be there for others then you have to be all four 
yep. things, right? Or a combination of all four. The thing is, though, my book's called Imperfect Leadership. So there's no expectation that they have to, everybody has to get these right mm. constantly all the time and, you know, tick it off and like, yeah, I've done this. Yeah. It's a constant journey. Like I, I always say, I'm a work in progress. Um. I am a constant work in progress. So there are times where I'm like, I'm so purposeful here and this is amazing and I'm like really connected and I'm on, I'm in flow and then there are times when I am so not and I'm just ticking off task lists. Is there, is there an, op- <laughs> I'm just going to put a different hat on and is there the potential that people could use this as an excuse? For what? For not being a good leader. <laughs> but these are, oh, so- look, I'm imperfect. Right, yeah. and then just it, it, throw it away, like as if it's uh, yeah, you know, you treated me like this. Yeah, well, I'm imperfect. Uh, yeah, well, you can't contract out of immaturity. Yeah, like right. somebody's going to be immature <laughs> and do it that way, then that's you oh, know, I can't yeah. write a book that stops people from being immature. That's true. Uh, it's the same as you know, if yeah. I'm going to be, am I going to be authentic? Well, I'm a real jerk and I treat everybody like crap, so I'm going to be authentic. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, yeah. Really? This book's really not written for you. It's not though. written for you. <laughs> you're not part <laughs> of my that, target no, market. No, <laughs> that's exactly right. If that's how you're you're turning up yeah. in the world, then you, yeah. yeah, you're not Maybe, an authentic yeah, leader actually. No, another, another, yeah. yeah you, the word leader shouldn't be associated with that person. No, yeah. no, absolutely. And it's really it's just about, you know, it, imperfect leadership could be called imperfect humaning yeah. as well. Mm. <laughs> We're just being imperfect humans because there's actually some beauty in it. And for me, this is really, um, the book is an invitation for leaders to just start looking at leadership in a different way, to start looking at this perfect version of leadership that they've created in their head and start unpacking that about why we're striving for this perfection of leadership and is that really real instead of actually turning up and going, this is actually what I can do. Because mm. as soon as we strive for perfection, it actually gives us an excuse not to do. Because, mm. you know, uh, there's not enough resources, there's not enough people, there's not enough money yeah. in the budget, there's not enough, there's not enough. It's funny Constantly hear that. Well, perfection and procrastination live in the same world, don't they? They do, absolutely, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So as soon as you're staying, um, there's not enough, there's not enough, there's not enough, Right you don't do anything yeah. instead of saying, well, there might not be enough budget or resources or whatever, but what can I do? Mm. Like, what can I do to actually achieve what I'm trying Absolutely. to achieve? That's being effective. That's being pragmatic. That's being effect- um, uh, purposeful, mm. right? And I'm taking care of myself as well. So that's being human. Mm. Not enough, not enough, not enough. That's perfectionism. Oh, I love it. I love it. When is this book coming out? Like what, what's, yeah, what's, what's going on? So I'm just talking to my publisher yep. at the moment yep. um, and I've got the first draft is complete. I've got to get the next draft off to them to do some editing. Uh, it's usually about a six-month process to go through, okay. you know, the machine of publishing. Oh, so this is a really long teaser for people. This is a really long <laughs> teaser. So I'm hoping that it will be uh, ready for launch in early 2022. Great. So Great. watch this space. You'll you'll watch us. Well, in the meantime, if you want to read one of Michelle's other books, yeah. Culture Inc. is a yeah, and you've got a couple of others as well. You can give them a plug. Yes, while yes. So I've got two uh, two that I wrote before Culture Inc., which are um, uh, Energy Vampires Suck. Yeah, one and two. Just, volume one. People and two. just love that uh, title, Energy Vampires Suck, and the second one is Unearthing Vampires. Yeah. So they're companion books. And, uh, and they're written in a fable. This new one's written in a fable okay. as well, which makes it, I think, a little bit more accessible, much more enjoyable to 
to actually um, yeah, it's not write. A, it's not a rule well. book. It's not a rule book. It's about a, a journey. Yeah, that's great. what it's a leadership adventure. Whereas culturing, culturing is a, a how-to book. Yeah, how-to guide, yeah, yeah. So if you're interested in understanding how culture is created or how you would like to shift and change a culture, evolve a culture, then culturing's the one for you. Brilliant. If you're more interested in personal leadership journey, then uh, this new one's probably the one for you. Excellent. So uh, where can we follow? Everyone can follow you and listen and hear out and LinkedIn. Is that the? Yeah, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm mostly on LinkedIn. That's probably where I'm, I spend the most time social media wise. Um, CindyIQ.com.au if you want to get in touch. Um, quite easy um, I'm doing a lot of speaking as well around yeah. this and this is something that I really want to talk much more about so michelletholland.com has my books and my speaking profiles and, and whatnot so uh, yeah if you actually if you just google Michelle T Holland I'm the one that comes up yeah that's why I use my tea, tea. <laughs> yeah because there's a lot of Michelle Hollands out there yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. Michelle T Holland is my author and speaker name brilliant well, thank you very much you for your very time welcome. today, Michelle. I am very excited. Do I get a pre-release book? Yeah, I'll, maybe, maybe. I, I might even let you. Re- yeah, I might let you read the first, uh, the, the draft version. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I'll put my critique hat on. Yes, um, that's right. Thank you again for your time, and thank you for everything you're doing um, in this world of leadership and helping people really realize that um, you know being. Well, being imperfect, to use the word, is a good thing. Absolutely. Right? It is. It's Sometimes that, enough is enough. Yeah. Mm. I struggle with that. I know you do. <laughs> I struggle with that a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think that's just a cross between uh, the, 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 the the achievement focus, the speed, the or the, pe- the people-pleasing aspect in yeah, it all. It's absolutely. just it's just a concoction it. of, yeah. uh, of trying to it's, get those It's emotions. peeling off the armor. That's yeah, what it is because we put a lot of armor on ourselves to protect our, ourselves and um, being authentic is being vulnerable and it's removing the armor. It is. Mm. It's a big journey. Love it. Thank Not gonna you. going to happen overnight but it will happen oh, as they say. <laughs> wow. I don't like you know the the pursuit of happiness, right? There yeah, is no is. such thing. You cannot pursue happiness. It's not yeah. something you the pursuit have. of leadership. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. That might be well, the next book. <laughs> the pursuit of leadership. The pursuit of leadership. Well, I think it, well, you're mm. a leader to all different types mm. of people at any given point, aren't you? Yeah. Right. So absolutely. I love it. Thank you very much, Thank guys. Thank you. We could talk forever, but uh, we'll end that now. So uh, yeah, f- we'll keep keep in touch, Michelle. Holland or Michelle T Holland.com and Michelle Holland on LinkedIn, and you'll be able to uh, mm-hmm. check out when that book is released. But Very if good. you want to get in contact with her for any speaking gigs or any, if you want to uh, get your culture diagnosed or do any leadership work with yeah. uh, you and your leaders, feel free to reach out. Yeah. au. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you once again for joining us here at Creating Synergy. It's been great spending this time with you. Please jump on to the Synergy IQ Facebook and LinkedIn page where the discussion continues after the show. Join our mailing list so you'll know what's happening next at synergyiq.com.au. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends.